Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Great morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you today. And um, just to get a sense of how everyone's feeling, can you give me thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle? Okay, I can see some, some kind of good, lots of thumbs up and some middle ones as well. I felt a bit like I was in Gladiator there for a second, so that was also quite a cool feeling. Um, so yeah, today uh, it's really good to be with you and great if you're joining us online as well. Uh, and I'm going to be continuing in our series called A Life Less Ordinary, uh, looking at what Jesus had to say uh, in his Sermon on the Mount. So before we start, I'm going to invite the wonderful Yaya up, and she's just going to read our Bible passages for, her, for us. I'm scanning. I can see her. So Yaya, welcome, and if you would read that for us, that'd be amazing. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of those. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, that you need them, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amazing. Thank you so much, Yaya. That was great. Um, so today's title, uh, the topic I'm going to be speaking about is Do Not Worry. And when Jim asked me to preach this year, um, he sent me actually a list of topics that we were going to be looking at in this uh, series, A Life Less Ordinary. Um, and I was immediately drawn to this, this topic that says Do Not Worry. Um, and the reason why I was drawn to it, to be totally honest with you guys, is because I am like a first-class warrior. Uh, so I thought if none of you get anything out of this, I at least might get something out of it from doing the prep and preaching. So one of us is going to win today. Um, but yeah, to be honest with you, I have a real tendency to worry, and you can ask uh, my family or my husband, and they will be able to verify that claim for you. Um, to give you an example uh, of, of my tendency to worry, maybe somewhat ironically, I actually find preaching and prepping for preachers quite an anxiety and worry-inducing task. So if you can see me shaking today, that's, that's what it is. It's not the Holy Spirit, it's just nerves. Um, but uh, yes, the reason I find it uh, quite worry-inducing is because um, it's a big responsibility when you preach on God's Word. And, you know, I get a bit stressed that, you know, I might say the wrong thing, you know, I'm not a theologian, so, you know, I don't want to mess it up or just get it wrong in some way. So basically, uh, what happens is every time that Jim sends me a message asking me to preach, some of you might relate to this, what I do is I um, just ignore it and pretend that he's not messaged me and then just really hope it will go away. But what actually happens is Jim then just sends another little message and goes, so, 
hello, Lucy, have you thought about what I sent you before? Uh, so it doesn't work, guys, but you know, it's, it's also just me ignoring our pastor, so um, Jim knows about it, I think it's fine. He's not offended, it's okay. Um, but yeah, so my logic is if you don't read the message, it might just go away, but that, that's not really the case and not how it happens. Um, so when Jim asked me to preach this year, I think I've got an emoji that represents... Oh no, this, this is the gift that Jim sent me when, when I accepted the preaching invitation. So I was quite nervous about it, but this is what Jim sent me when I said I would do it. So there you go. And then this is the, this is the gift that I sent in response uh, afterwards. So you can probably see I've not got any water on stage with me today because I thought, you know, it might be a trip hazard, a slip hazard if I start to try and drink water. Um, Jim, I wonder if you might like to come up and just do that dance for us that, that we saw earlier? I think, I think I've just given some worry and anxiety to Jim in asking that question, but maybe next week, you know, we can, we can revisit that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just a bit of an example of my uh, tendency to worry. And I think those gifts potentially as well give a little bit of an insight into both mine and Jim's brain. So there you go, that was a little free uh, insight into how we think. Um, but maybe another, to give you another example of my tendency to worry, um, you, you might relate to this one as well a bit more, is um, when I was sitting my at my A-level exams, um, I was quite nervous. And again, like I say, you guys have probably all done exams here, so you might remember how that felt. Um, but I was quite stressed. I was worried about um, how I was going to do, what results and what grades I was going to get, whether I was going to remember everything that I'd learned. And my worry got to the point where actually my whole body came out in a rash. Um, and I thought that's, it's a really interesting reflection that actually my kind of mental and emotional worry had a physical reaction. And it's just a reminder that actually our mental and our spiritual and our physical uh, lives are all interconnected. They're not separate. And actually when something goes wrong in kind of one aspect of our life, we can often see it, you know, in other places. So like I said, my mental stress and worry was, was kind of came out in a physical response as well. So as I said at the start, this is a message that I really need to hear and that I really need to take on board. Um, so I'm really glad that I'm going to be speaking on it this morning. And I think if we're honest, the world is quite a worrying place. Um, you know, we don't have to look far to see that. We've got the cost of living crisis, you know, rising prices and energy bills. We've got war and conflict in Ukraine and, you know, all around the world in places like Yemen and far-reaching. Natural disasters like the earthquake that we've seen recently in Turkey and Syria and the devastation that that has caused. Or, you know, things like climate change that, um, you know, many people, there's a term actually now that's called eco-anxiety, which is defined as a chronic fear of environmental doom. And that's something that a lot of people experience. Um, and these are just a few of the things that we see when we look at the world around us. Or maybe it's things in our personal lives. Uh, it could be to do with our family or to do with our job, whether we're searching for one or a job that we have. Like me, it might be exams that you're facing or finances, relationships, health. But today we're going to dig into this passage in Matthew that Yaya read for us that tells us that despite all of these things that are very real and can be really challenging, Jesus says that we don't need to worry. So let's get started in unpacking a bit more of what he means by that and what it says in God's word. So first off, I thought it'd be helpful just to kind of clarify what do we mean when we talk about worry. So I think it's really important to note that when I'm saying, you know, talking about worry or anxiety, I'm not talking about, you know, concern or compassion. Actually, that's a different thing. Actually, concern and compassion is something that is reflective of God's character and is a really good thing. Actually, God calls us to be compassionate and calls us to be concerned about justice and the things that we see in the world. 
And actually, I think what we, what we have to notice with concern and compassion is that they often motivate us into wanting to do something and wanting to take action. Whereas on, on the flip side, worry tends to paralyze us and anxiety tends to paralyze us and stop us from being able to do anything. And I think the difference is that worry is motivated by fear and it leads to these feelings of being anxious or troubled. And I think it's also fair to say that worry is probably something that we all experience in different forms and in different ways at some point in our lives. So some people um, might be more prone to worrying than others. I think that's fair to say as well. So I'll give you a good example. My husband, Sam, who's playing the drums this morning, um, he is very chill. He does not worry about much. He often says he's so chill he could be lying down most of the time. That's kind of Sam's vibe. Um, and I think the thing he's probably most worried about at the minute is that Arsenal might win the league. So to give you some, some context, he's a Tottenham fan. Um, I'm not a football fan, so I'm not really going to... I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to comment any further. Um, and I can hand on heart say I've never worried about football, so that is quite releasing. I would recommend that. It's, it's great. Um, but, but I do very easily fall into worrying about lots of other, all, other kinds of things. So as I say, I think some people worry more than others, um, but I think it's fair to say that we all experience worry at some point in our lives. However, in these passages today, the very first sentence says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. I love that Jesus is really clear here in his, his first bit of this passage. He says, do not worry. But I'm just going to pause for a second and um, focus on the first word of that sentence, which is therefore. Um, so therefore means that there's something that has come before this passage. So he's following, Jesus' words that we've just read are following on from something. And um, helpfully, actually, Dom mentioned this already. Jim spoke about this in a lot more detail. Uh, so his preach last week was talking about what came before this passage. So I would really recommend uh, having listened to that. Um, but what, what Jesus was talking about before this section on worry was not storing up treasures on earth. Or in other words, he was speaking about the danger of putting our trust in material things and stuff. And actually, he, um, before he goes on to talk about this theme of worry, he encourages us to choose heavenly, eternal things over earthly ones, and actually to choose God over material wealth and stuff. And when we have chosen to do this, that's when he then goes on to say, therefore, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? You see, Jesus is telling us and warning us not to worry about material things and material wealth and stuff, and actually not to let those things rule us, but instead to let God be the center of our lives. And I just want to stop there for a second because I know that, um, especially in the current climate that we're living in, um, that this warning from Jesus not to worry about material things and stuff is actually really challenging. Um, for, for many of us in the UK, and actually some of us who may be sitting here today, but also around the world, you know, there's lots of people who are living in poverty, who are you know, struggling financially and materially. Um, and I just want to recognize that, that we know that the cost of living crisis means it's a huge challenge not to worry about material things. But actually, I believe that what, is God, what God is saying to us in these passages is exactly what we need to hear in this time of anxiety. Because Jesus is sharing with us how, regardless of circumstances, we can still find freedom from worry and hope for the future. So I'm going to look a bit more um, at what that actually means and practically what that looks like as we go on um, and explore a bit more of these passages. 
So when I was prepping for this talk, um, I read a few commentaries on these verses to help me kind of in, in my notes and preparing. Um, and I read a commentary by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's a theologian. Um, and there was just this quote that really struck me. And it says this, the great thing is to concentrate on this danger of being oppressed and obsessed by the things that are seen. And it was just that phrase, oppressed and obsessed, that really stood out to me, um, because I think that's such a great summary of how worry can make us feel. I don't know about you guys when you felt worried or anxious, but that's definitely how I felt. Um, I find that when I'm worried about something, it's oppressive. Like, I actually sometimes get a physical kind of almost like a weight on my chest when I'm feeling anxious and worried. Um, I find that it just feels crushing. It feels overwhelming. It feels like this weight. And I think it's obsessive as well, isn't it? When we're worried about something, it kind of circles around our brain, and it's quite hard to, to think about other things or, you know, take your mind off it. It's this obsessive thing that just keeps circling around. But thankfully, Jesus today is presenting us with an alternative to the oppression and obsession that comes with putting our trust in material things. Actually, what he's saying is material things, they're not solid, and they can change. They're movable. But we have a God who we can put at the center of our life and who we can have as our security, as our solid rock and foundation. And when we do that, when we have God as our security and our identity, that will radically affect our tendency to worry. So what does Jesus say next in the verses, going back to the passage in Matthew? Um, he says this, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I love these verses because I love how God speaks to us through creation, and this is just a reminder of that. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why at the King's Church we have a team who are specifically um, looking at caring for creation, uh, because we know that God cares deeply about the things that he has made, and actually he's given us a mandate to look after them. And it actually, um, creation reflects God's character to us as well, which I love. So in these verses, Jesus is actually telling us to look at nature, and he's saying, see how deeply I care for the things I've created, and actually see that I provide for them. And then it gets even more amazing, because he says that he cares deeply for creation and the birds in this example, and yet he cares even more for us. We are much more valuable than the birds. He does this again, um, pointing to creation in verse 29, where he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who was one of the wealthiest kings in the Bible, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I would really um, encourage you, if you're a Christian here this morning, um, to do what Jesus is reminding us of here and to look at creation and let God speak to you through it. It's such a powerful way that we can hear God's voice. So in between those two verses where God is um, focusing in on uh, his provision witnessed in creation, there's this great line where Jesus says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I think this is a really helpful question for us to go back to because it's a reminder that actually when we worry and when we're feeling anxious, um, it doesn't add to our lives. It takes away. And it go, going back to that phrase, oppression and obsession, that's not adding, that's taking away. The Christian writer, uh, Corrie ten Boom, 
who you might have heard of or you might not have, but she's got an amazing story. Um, she was actually held in a concentration camp during the Second World War um, for hiding Jews, and she puts it like this when she talks about worry. She says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. So this is, this is a lady who lived through war. She lived through the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands. She lived through concentration camps. And yet she knew what, she knew what it was to live in a world of fear and worry. And yet she also knew that worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Another one I've heard, which I think is quite good, is that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And I think that's quite a good one. You could maybe have that next to your live, laugh, love sign as well in your kitchen. You know, that's quite, it could go quite nicely with that. Um, but yeah, you see, the thing is, and as I say, Corrie Ten Boom knew this. Uh, she knew that when we worry, it robs us of joy, of peace, and of being present in the moment. It takes away, it doesn't add. And actually, I think it's interesting that it doesn't actually make a difference when we worry about things. Um, you know, I, I found this quite surprising, that research has shown that over 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. And I thought this is either a really good sign that worrying works really well as a really effective uh, preventative measure, or that it's a waste of time, and I think I'm going to go with the second one. So yeah, going back to the passage, Jesus then hits us with some repetition, um, because I think he knows that we need to hear things more than once. If you're anything like me, I definitely need to hear things multiple times for them to really sink in. So he tells us again not to put our trust in material wealth, and he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I think it's interesting, I just wanted to touch on this word, um, pagan, because it's not something that we really use much in our vocabulary and our language, uh, I wouldn't say. Um, but the reason it's used here is that Jesus is drawing our attention to a contrast. So he's a contrast of life knowing God versus life not knowing God. So what he means when he's saying this, this phrase, pagans, is he's talking about people who don't know or have a relationship with God. And actually, maybe um, that's how some of you might describe yourself this morning. Maybe you wouldn't use the word pagan, but maybe that, that, um, that idea of not knowing or having a relationship with God. And maybe you'd also relate to this idea of running after and worrying about material things uh, and trying to find security in them. And that might be um, a house or money or a job. Um, and just want to say, none of those things are bad in and of themselves, but actually they're not a solid foundation that we can build our life on. The contrast Jesus is making here is that when we know God, we can know a solid foundation. We don't need to run after that stuff uh, or try and find security in it because God knows our basic needs and our Heavenly Father will provide for us. Something I want to mention again, and I know I mentioned this earlier. Um, in when I was talking about this message of not worrying about material things, is that I know that this is going to be something that is very real for, for some people. And I just want to say, if you are struggling with financial difficulty or meeting basic material needs, um, we want to be really clear that you don't have to carry that on your own. That's not what this passage is saying. Actually, God puts us in community so that we can care for one another. And that's part of his design, and that's part of his plan. So I would just really encourage you, if that is something that you're facing today, we have um, support on offer. That might be through our King's Money Advice Center. It might just be through talking to someone and, and kind of sharing that worry and anxiety that you might be having. Um, 
But I just want to say that one of the ways we can process worry is by sharing it with others and asking for help. There is absolutely no shame in that. That is God's plan and design. That's why he's put us in community together. So going back to the verses again, Jesus has reminded us that our loving Heavenly Father knows what we need. And then he goes on to tell us the real key of not worrying. Instead of worrying about material things, what we eat and drink and where, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Or as um, theologian John Stott put it, it's, he says, um, refuse to become engrossed in your own concerns and instead seek first the concerns of God. You see, the real key to worrying, or to not worrying, sorry, is seeking God and his kingdom first. Jesus has reminded us that God knows what we need and that when we put our trust in him that we don't need to worry about material things, that instead we can focus our concerns on his kingdom and what his kingdom concerns are. So you might be thinking, what, what do I mean when I say kingdom concerns? So just to clarify, we're talking about God's kingdom here. And God's kingdom is eternal, whereas material things are momentary. And again, Jim unpacked this in a bit more detail last week, so I would recommend um, you have a listen to that as well. Or in Corinthians um, chapter 4, verse 17 to 18, Paul writes this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, Paul here and Jesus in the verses in Matthew wants us to get our obsession off the here and now and the things that we can see. And to look at the bigger picture, actually to look at the hope that we have in Christ, the eternal um, you know, this life is just a nanosecond in, in when we look at the space of eternity. And actually, we rob ourselves of life here by worrying about things that are not eternal. So Jesus is actually encouraging us to have a whole new perspective on life and eternity. And when we do this, we'll naturally care less about stacking up material wealth and putting our hope and security in that. Instead, we'll be drawn to focus on kingdom concerns, and God's kingdom is a kingdom of peace, of love, of unity, of justice, of hope. And it's such a joy that we get to be invited into that and invited into being part of those concerns and that kingdom. So I just wanted to say as well, another little disclaimer here. Um, I think it's really important to, to recognize that when we talk about not worrying and being kind of people who are worry-free, that doesn't mean that we're going to be trouble-free. It doesn't mean we just get kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card and that our life's just going to be really easy-breezy. But it, it means, um, actually, sometimes it might be the opposite. We might face more troubles sometimes. But in these verses, what Jesus is reminding us of is that we don't need to worry when we face troubles. I think without God, that's really easy to say and really hard to do. Um, but what we, we can do is we can seek the God who loves us and who cares for us deeply uh, to the point where he sent his son to die for us. And we can know that he'll provide for us even if it doesn't look quite how we you know, would want or how we would imagine. But we can trust that he will provide for us and he is for us. And then finally we come to the last verse in this section that we're looking at today which gives us some really great practical advice. Um, which again, if you're anything like me, practical advice is very helpful. So I'm glad that uh, Jesus put this in here. Um, so he says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I think if we simplify that, what Jesus is really saying is take it one day at a time. Um, That doesn't mean we can't plan ahead. Actually, it's important to plan ahead as well. But what he's saying is don't let that planning become anxiety and stress and worry. I've um, found this simple phrase of one day at a time um, so helpful for me personally, especially in times when I've been feeling anxious and worried. It's actually become a bit of a mantra for my husband, Sam, as well. He's like, Lucy, one day at a time. Just take it one day at a time. Um, And it helps me not to get overwhelmed. It helps me to stay present. And it helps me to keep putting my trust in God in real time as well. So even in prepping for this preach, um, it's been so helpful just for me to remember, I just got to take it one day at a time and trust God. And actually, this this idea of one day at a time is also a great way to form a habit. Um, It's actually a phrase that is used by Alcoholics Anonymous. And because they understand that to break a cycle, and often we do get into these cycles of worry, um, that we have to make it manageable. And instead of thinking ahead about all the things that could be hard or challenging and let worry set in and kind of take hold of us, uh, Jesus is saying, focus on today. Focus on what is in front of you and put your trust in me and I will be with you and I will help you. Um, Now, you might be sitting there thinking, this is great, Lucy. You know, I would love to worry less. I'm hearing what you're saying here. But I'm actually getting a bit anxious about how long this talk is going on for because I want to go. You know, I want to get a coffee. I want to get my lunch. Um, But don't fear, guys. I'm coming into land now. It's it's coming towards the end. Um, So I hope that in unpacking this passage a little bit more that God has spoken to you and that you've heard something of his heart for you to find freedom in him. And as I've said already, I can already say that putting what I have been talking about into practice over these last few weeks and months has been so helpful for me. And um, do you know what? Again, my husband the other day, Sam, was saying, do you know what? It's really weird. You haven't been worried or anxious about this preach. And I was like, oh, it's working. It's working. It's great. Um, so I would just really encourage you that this, this isn't just words. Actually, God's word has power and it can make a difference. So lastly, um, there's just one last thing I wanted to say, really, um, is that I just want to recognize that anxiety and worry are a really real thing. And I also want to just clarify that Jesus' words, again, I know I've said this before, but they don't mean that we shouldn't get help. Um, Because we recognize that our mental and our spiritual and emotional health is complicated. Um, But what I want to just reiterate again is that there is power in God's word, and there is freedom in his word, and God wants to set us free from worry and anxiety. But that doesn't mean that we can't also get additional help if that's something that we need. So that might be through talking to someone um, that you trust, maybe a life group leader or a close friend. Um, It might be uh, seeking out some more resources on this topic, or you know, there's lots of things online from different charities, mental health charities that you can take a look at. Or it might be talking to your GP. There's lots of different ways that we we can seek help if this is something that we're really struggling with. Um, And just to confirm, Jesus does not want us to suffer alone in silence. That is the opposite of what he wants. And also what I wanted to say is that this command from Jesus that tells us do not worry, it's not a task that we have to fulfill. I don't want you to go away thinking, you know, oh, well, I've got to work really hard not to be worried or anxious now uh, and start worrying about that. Um, But actually the heart of, of what I'm trying to say today is that not worrying is about knowing a relationship with a loving Heavenly Father And in this relationship, we can find peace and security. So um, as I say, I'm just going to wrap up now. Um, I'm just going to do a quick recap of what we've covered today and kind of the verses we've gone through. So we recognize that the world is a worrying place, but Jesus is inviting and equipping us to be countercultural. 
He calls us to a life less ordinary, one where we don't have to worry or put our trust and hope in material, momentary things, because he has a much better way for us to live. Just a reminder that worry takes away and it robs from us, but trusting in God and his eternal plans adds to our lives in peace, in joy, in hope, and in freedom. We've also talked about how we can see reminders of God's provision in creation, um, and that it's just a great reminder that he is faithful and he cares for us, and that that's a great way that we can let God speak to us about this topic and about lots of other things as well. And Jesus also gives us this great wisdom to take it one day at a time and invite God to help us to have a kingdom eternal perspective. And lastly, just to reiterate, if you are struggling with worry or anxiety, you don't have to do it alone. There is help available, and please do talk to someone today if that's something that you're really struggling with. So um, what I would like to do now is maybe something a little bit different, um, is I'd love to lead us through a a time of just prayer and reflection and being able to kind of just have some stillness and let God speak to us. Um, And we're going to have a chance to give our worries to God in a really practical way. So um, what you'll see is on your seats around you, there's a piece of paper and a pen. Um, We've also, one of the hosting team, we've got a bin down the front here. So we're just going to bring, oh, it's in front of me. They're ahead of me, one step ahead of me, great. Um, So we've got a bin down the front here. And um, what I'm going to do in a second is I'm going to guide us through just a time of reflection and a time just for you to spend some time speaking with God and and kind of uh, processing some of what we've spoken about today. And then what I'd love you to do if you want to and you feel comfortable is to write down anything you're feeling uh, anxious or worried about today. And then we're going to have a chance to practically respond and come and bring actually those worries up to the front and we're going to throw them into this bin here just as a symbol of us casting our cares onto God. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do that in a second. Um, We're just going to take some time to still ourselves. Uh, And I just want to mention as well that um, actually we have a prayer team at King's uh, today, and uh, if you feel that actually you'd like to um, process a bit more uh, what we've spoken about today or some of the worries and anxieties you're feeling, our prayer team would love to just pray with you and process some of that and talk that through with you. So when you come up to the front, if you're going to do that and put your um, piece of paper in the bin, they'll just be kind of on the edges, uh, and if you want to pray with them, please do let them know, and they'd be really happy to do that. Brilliant. So... Um, If you feel comfortable, uh, please do join me as I invite us now just to take some time with God. And just want to say as well, if you're watching this online, this is something you can do in your own space as well, so please do join us. So um, I just invite you to close your eyes uh, if you'd find that helpful, and just make yourself comfortable. So, you know, get yourself comfortable in your seat, make yourself aware of kind of how your body is. If you're feeling tense in your shoulders or any part of you, just relax that now. And maybe you might find it helpful to take some deep breaths as well. Again, just a reminder that our physical and our emotional, our spiritual are all connected. So actually sometimes physical things like deep breaths and stilling our bodies can be really helpful. And I just want to ask you, what has God been saying to you today? And is there anything that is causing you anxiety or worry at the moment? And I just encourage you to bring that to your mind. Be specific.
And in 1 Peter verse 5, chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It says, Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Let's just invite you to give those worries and anxieties to God now. <coughs> Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.